By the way, I thought Taylor said she was an Eagles fan last year. Wasn't that in Eagles shirt, one of the songs? I guess not anymore. No. Allegiances change fast. <laughs> I think my I think my, I think my favorite part of that shot, Taylor Swift is chest bumping for Travis Kelsey's touchdown and Mama Kelsey's just standing next to her. She's like, honey, I, I've seen 71 of these. Welcome into Out of Our League and uh, got a lot of show today. And that was before we just found out Damian Lillard got traded. And maybe because Taylor Swift is no longer an Eagles fan, that's why Mike Smith is not with us this week. He is on assignment. And instead, Jason Wormser joins me uh, at the top of the show. And Jason, a lot to talk about. And uh, I'll go through the list, but I have a quick question for you. Is yes, Taylor sir. Swift bigger than the NFL? She is the cultural connection that they've always wanted with pop culture. Good answer. And yet she's not playing halftime. Usher is. We'll talk about that. Rupert Murdoch steps down. Joe Namath calls out the Jets and Zach Wilson. NFL talking that they're going to start playing games in Madrid and Brazil. Dion, not a good week. Notre Dame, Ohio State, a great college football game. Jason's got a quick take on the NIL. Um, we want to say a quick homage at the end of Brooks Robinson and uh, the Damian Lillard trade. So a lot to talk about and no Mikey to do it. Let's start with uh, with Taylor Swift. I, I mean, my point is, I think more people, yes, the NFL loves it. But, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the Usher selection at halftime. Why would Taylor Swift even do it? That's that's my point. I mean, she's bigger than she's bigger than the league. It, well, she kind of upstaged the Usher announcement. The residuals, the amount of females for that game, it went through the roof. They were it was the number one show in America for females two plus. And it was a horrible seven. game. It was, and a, it was horrible a horrible game. game. They switched out of it at the end of the second, first half in New York. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Bears-Broncos this week, uh, uh, maybe the two worst teams ever. Um, first of all, really quickly, uh, Travis Kelsey, I, I, you got to love Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's not your, you know, it's not a quarterback for a change that gets the girl like, you know, I mean, right. It's a kind of a good story. Yeah, it is. Tight end. Love for tight ends. You know, his, uh, his jersey, 400% spike in sales, according to the Fanatics, a top five NFL seller. For jerseys and his pod, you know, he has a pod with his brother, Jason. It is the number one on Apple. It's the number four worldwide on the Spotify and the number one in the sports interest group. So okay, he is so red hot. Travis Kelsey riding high in late September, but by February, they could be out and he could be out. So, you know, it could be an up and down year for Travis. All I know, but we like him. Wait, wait. All I know is I don't, I don't follow her very closely. I liked her when she did both country and Western, since that's my preference. But hasn't there been an issue with former boyfriends and like yeah. into Taylor's had a few. Okay. Travis Kelsey. God bless you, brother. Be careful. I'm yeah, almost saying, yeah, be yeah. careful. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good uh, advice for Travis Kelsey. Usher. Okay, um, Mike would want me to talk about this. Maybe I'll wait till Mike gets back next week to go further. Um, I think he's a great entertainer, and uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And I think he's a really, really nice guy. Uh, it is a, an interesting choice, especially this early in the year, because it strikes me as like. You know, you try and do a deal with Harry Styles or Miley Cyrus or even Taylor Swift, and you can't get there, and then you get Usher. But let's give Jay Z some credit. He's pretty much undefeated since he's been in this role. So I always say there's two things to consider 
um, when talking about the Super Bowl halftime. There's the announcement, and then there's the day after the show. And the, what everybody says the day after the show is more important. He goes in as an underdog. That's maybe not such a bad thing. It, did Rock Nation play it too safe? Well, I don't know what you call safe. I mean, I let's put it this way. I, I, I guess the question is, does anybody really care? Is there any excitement? I, I mean, for, per, per our earlier point, if Taylor Swift was playing the Super Bowl halftime show, like that's all anybody would be talking about, right? I mean, she was at a regular season game in a suite, but that's why I'm saying she's bigger than the NFL now. There's no upside for her to play the halftime show, at least at this point of her career. For Usher, it's all upside for him. And like I said, I think he's a great performer and they'll produce the show with a lot of money and people forget that it's not always about the artists. It's about the way the show's produced and they spend a ton of money and Apple Music's going to promote it and Usher's probably going to have guests. So I wouldn't assume it's not going to be a great show. Again, especially with the track record that Jay-Z and the producers have had since the Maroon 5 debacle. But it's an interesting choice. Shall we move on? Yes. Rupert Murdoch stepping aside. I mean, meet the new boss, the same as the old boss, Lachlan Murdoch. But, you know, he's the guy that did the original deal with Fox. So we probably should pause just a minute. And whether you're a Rupert fan or not, and you you were a Fox employee for a while. I mean, you know. Twice. I, I don't really know where we go with this one, but. He changed the game. No, no, let's, let's this game. is real. He changed the game December 1993, $1.6 billion deal. To take this to take the NFC away from CBS, it destroyed CBS. Forty plus year relationship. Rupert said the price of the of the NFL rights as a price for buying a network. Whatever we had paid for the NFL would be way cheaper than buying CBS or NBC outright. And he's right. And yeah, with and- their production, right? Exactly. With their production yep. and their the music and the audio. Getting closer, you know, David Hill always wanted to, to get the viewer closer to the players in the, on the field. He did that with audio. And it just, yeah. it, changed, it changed sports television. Yeah, no question. His famous line, can we get the bases to talk? And, and you know, the, a, a rising tide lifts all boats and for a long time. And you could argue still, Fox has been the gold standard of, of uh, football production. They've done a great job on baseball. So, you know, whatever you want to say about Mr. Murdoch, as a sports fan, um, at least on the football and baseball side, Fox has put on a quality product. Joe Namath, play the clip, my friend. Play the clip. Joe's not happy. I wouldn't keep him. You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. All right? I've seen enough. How can a coach say the locker room's together? Are you telling me there aren't some cats on the defensive side saying, whoa, man, what's wrong with you? We're looking at an offense that just doesn't play well. For a fan, for this fan, they need to make major changes from top to bottom. Okay, first of all, you just got to love that Joe Namath uses cats to describe people. I mean, that's, I love it. Like, that's my favorite part of the clip, calling people yep. cats. How would you feel if you're the Jets' ownership and, and you're – your guy, your, you know, your guy, your prodigal son is now sober and not kissing Susie Colburn, basically saying what everybody knows, which is Zach Wilson, you know, and I always, people always forget. I mean, they could have had Trevor Lawrence. They didn't win that game, but you know, it's, let's just talk about this from a business standpoint. The Jets are a bit of a disaster and aren't they this, are they the Sunday night football game this week or something? They've they've got a lot of 
Against the Chiefs, yes. Yeah, and like the Black Friday game, which everybody was excited about. They've got about. a ton like, of national, yeah. they've got a ton of Sunday afternoon 430 windows as well. Yeah, and they can big flex problem. out of it, but yeah, big problem, big problem. Big, huge, it, huge problems. You know, Colin Kaepernick came out and sent a letter to Joe Douglas, the GM, basically, hey, can I just be on your taxi squad and kind of help out your practice squad? And I'll be, because they're playing Mahomes and then- Wilson, and then Hurts in back-to-back weeks. So mobile quarterbacks, I'll be there just to help out being the, to help the defense out to prepare. He's reaching, he's, he has an olive branch out. Uh, I don't know what they do because the but- issue was they didn't, they spent all the money on the contract for Aaron Rodgers and there's no cap space left. That's the issue. You know, I don't want to go down this road because we we have so much to talk about today. But Jason, to your point, I mean, what would be the downside of giving Colin Kaepernick what he wants? It's not going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to be a great press release. He may still be a very good football player. And oh, by the way, how much worse can he be than what they already have? Um, I, I, you know, I, but for whatever I reason, like I, I don't mind it at all. If I'm Joe Douglas... Yeah. I seriously consider bringing him in. You know, What's the they, downside? I mean, there's no downside. I think there's no I downside. Mean, if you're Zach Wilson right now, like you have no vote of confidence, but you know, I don't care what is being said in the press, you have no vote of confidence. The Jets are a disaster. What else is new? NFL serious discussions to play international games in Europe. I know this is close to your heart. I know you wanted to talk about this. Go. They're seriously discussing to go to Madrid to play in the Real Madrid's uh, renovated Santiago Bernabeu Stadium, which has got this incredible system where the it's a mechanical system where they can take their pitch, their soccer pitch, and move it underground and put anything else up above it, including an artificial turf. So it's similar to what Tottenham Hotspur has done. And then they're talking about possibly going to either Rio or Sao Paulo in Brazil. This is for next year. On top of Azteca Stadium is being redone for the World Cup, so that's back in play next year. You could—is it possible that there will be eight international games next year, and half the league will have to get on a plane and go all over the world to play a football game? Is that possible? Of course, it's possible, and you know that means more nine thirty Eastern time starts, more six thirty Pacific AM starts. This week, it's the London Jaguars, I guess, against the Atlanta Falcons in the Toy yes. Story Bowl. That's going to be a very Bowl. interesting, the Toy Story Bowl. It, yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I, when is too much? But the NFL, you know, God bless them. They, they don't necessarily worry about too much. So at some point, there'll be a tipping point. But as long as the money keeps rolling in, they're still after global domination. And if they can ever figure out a way to crack the code where they become the second favorite sport of these countries because they're never going to pass soccer. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just, they're clearly in a game against the NBA and the NBA has a huge advantage because of what Stern built out through their dream team. They built out all this work around the world, offices in, in emerging countries, Brazil, and they've got India, they're in China. They have built an infrastructure for the sport around the globe. And it has helped. Look at, you know, just look at the, if there was an all-star game, internationals versus the U.S., that would be an all-star game I'd actually watch. Hello, yeah. Adam Silver. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to help you, brother. 
Look, the NFL is a product of American culture. And that's why it works because they love America. Europeans, people around the world love American culture. And this is a taste of America in a very small package that comes in, puts on a nice show and goes and doesn't hurt anybody. And that's why I think it will, they'll do it. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And you know, the NFL, they're all about revenue streams and new revenue streams. And basically they're invested in three things right now, at least three things, flag football, which they want to be an Olympic sport, which also yep. helps them, you know, globally. And I wouldn't be surprised if NFL players play in the Olympics if they have flag football. They're invested in gambling and they're invested in global domination and the European market. And from a business standpoint, it's a good call, but it's a lot more football and it spreads these guys thin and we'll see. Shall we talk college football? Can we yes. is this the last week we have to talk about Dion or do you think no, yeah, now, not, I know what not, you're going to say. I know what you're no. going to say. The ratings were great. Unbelievable. But, but is it over? Seriously, is it over? It's kind of Under very Dion, by the way. He always kind of goes one, one step too far with things, but maybe I'm writing him off too early. I'm just bored well, already. I'm bored. Just on, 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 on the, on, let's just talk about football. Football, the issue that USC has is that USC has no defense. And they gave up 28 to ASU last weekend. And so I think Colorado, and if they get if they get their dual threat back this week from the injury, they'll put up points. Fox is going to do big noon kickoff there. It's another 10 a.m. kickoff. I I think it will it will win the weekend again, regardless of the score. And the other thing, Dion's not done, man. Dion, the business of Dion is not oh, done. Of course he not. just no, had, I meant he just registered five names for hoodies and t-shirts. Ain't nobody care. F around and find out. Pitbull and pumps. I'm blind now because of my 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 eye doctor. Yeah, you got your pupils dilated today. You can't read your notes. <laughs> working and tweaking or twerking. I mean, we keep receipts. You know, it's he's just nonstop. Look, I mean, the guy is a cultural icon. I mean, he's the Snoop Dogg of 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 football. But I will say this. I never bet against Dion as a businessman. I'm betting against Dion as a coach, especially in college. But we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of college, man, I you're a much bigger fan than I am. I, I find it hard to watch college football, but that Notre Dame Ohio State game, complete with the rant by um, the Ohio State coach calling out Lou Holtz yep. at the end. The, the the closeness of the game. I love Todd Blackledge. I think he's great. I used to work with Todd. Quality broadcast, quality Notre Dame at night. I, I mean, rooting against the Irish is always fun. Um, that was a great football game. That was very entertaining. It was fully entertaining because it was old school. It was the opposite of what college yeah. football is now, which is points, points, points. Every yard was fought. It was really an awesome football game. They did great in the ratings. It was the most watched Notre Dame game on NBC since the quote-unquote game of the century, Florida State at Notre Dame, 1993 in November. Uh, the story behind that is that that was ESPN College Game Day's first ever road show. And I was an associate producer producing features with Coach Corso that week. That's a there long time ago, my friend. That's Not a so long fast, time my ago. friend. Not so fast. Not so friend. fast, my friend. No doubt. This week in the NIL moment. It's an, it's, it's an odd one. Iowa Pork Producers Association, they made a deal with Iowa State. Four of their players 
when you combine their last names, this is what you would get. Purchase more ham and bacon. And they have a video. There's a video of it and a picture of the guys with their backs, with their jerseys on, in order. Boom. NIL, making it happen in Iowa. I love it. I I got nothing, but I, I I just I love you for bringing that up, and I love them for doing it because you know that's just genius. It's genius. Yeah. Um, so there was a big unless, trade in the NBA. Unless you're vegan. Unless you're vegan. Yes. Yeah. Or so, kosher. Or kosher. If you're going kosher, not the, the yeah. pork, the white meat. Yeah. No good. No good. Yeah. yeah. So there's a um, huge trade in the NBA. Damon uh, Damian Lillard off. What do you think? He went to the Bucks. Well, the you know, we deal. just. Literally, when we signed on, we heard about this trade. So as a Heat fan, I'm disappointed. Here's what I – first of all, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you have just made Giannis Antetokounmpo happy, which was a big concern of theirs. So, you know, whatever. That's huge. Um, I, Big win for the Bucks. Yeah, they lost Drew Holiday. I, I, it's a three-way trade. I guess Phoenix is involved. They got rid of De- DeAndre Ayton, so that solved their problem. I don't really get what Portland's thinking, but at the end of the day – um, the power structure in the NBA is back in Wisconsin. So here's the details. Portland gets Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Kamara. Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first round pick. And then unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 28 and 30. Suns get Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Master Little, Keon Johnson. The Suns gave up a problem in Ayton for depth. Right. So yep. that that's that's what that is. Portland is a grab bag of future and past players. Drew Holiday is a veteran. They got a lot of young guys, Shaden Sharp, et cetera. I, you know, um, it's I, I, in my opinion, and this is not an NBA podcast, I would rather sort of focus on the dollars. Milwaukee is the center of the Eastern Conference universe now in this at least coming NBA season because you have one of the most interesting, exciting tandems now. You still have Middleton there. You still have Lopez there. And, you know, I think it's a great trade for the Bucks. Like I said, it keeps their superstar happy. They're the team to beat in the East. Um, also, they they sort of, not only did they improve, but they really whacked the team that beat them last year to get yeah. to the finals, the Heat. I don't know. It's huge. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge. James Harden is next. We'll see where he goes. And on the business of the NBA, look, it's 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 in the NBA's interest that small market teams like Milwaukee, who have a star, who finds a star player and have it, cultivate them and grow. Why would he go to the Knicks now? He has the team around him to be competitive, right? Why would he yeah, go? Yeah, there's, and it, there's no reason. It's also you know like it's it's good for the NBA in that as exciting as it would have been if he went to the Knicks. You know, it allows a small market team lost their superstar, but now uh, another small market team gets another superstar. So, as a as a Heat fan, I hate it, but as an NBA fan, I think it's I think it's good for basketball. Likewise, yep, I agree. Jason, I'm sad. I know a lot of the people listening won't appreciate this. When I was a kid growing up in Miami, and I know you are a Miamian as well, we had no baseball team. We had uh, winter. We had spring training and winter spring ball. Training. The Miami. Yeah. Baseball stadium was the home to the Baltimore Orioles. So if you lived in Miami, you kind of had some affiliation with the Baltimore teams of Frank Robinson, Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mark Belanger, Boog Powell, Andy Echeverin, and the greatest defensive third baseman of all time, the, the human vacuum cleaner, Brooks Robinson, who passed away 
this week, played his entire career, I believe, with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I feel old, I'm sad, and I just wanted to do a brief shout out to the greatness of Brooks Robinson in this the show. The greatest defensive third baseman of all time. He he currently still has a thousand more assists than any third baseman in the history of the game. And he hasn't played yeah. in almost 40 years. Yeah. And I don't want to hear any arguments that he's not the best defensive third baseman of all time. None. It's, I won't. It's, if people just go, kids, go to the YouTube, look up 1970 World Series, Lee May, look it up. This cat was, he was incredible and just a nice person. All the stuff I've read. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, just a very pleasant, happy, uh, jovial, very connected to the Baltimore community as well. Oh, from Arkansas, grew up in Arkansas. And by the way, he he was a lifelong left-hander. He was lefty in everything. He had an accident uh, when he was got injured, broke his collarbone, and his like in second grade, his pop said, "Well, baseball season here. Here's a ball. Let's go." He actually broke his left arm and his left clavicle, I think. And that's where he learned how to throw and bat right. But he does everything else left-handed. There you go. The great Brooks Robinson. Yeah. Well, or he did. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a, it's a monumental figure in baseball history. All right. Well, I, we, I would be remiss as we wrap up today, not to do the Mike Smith sports moment of the week without Mike here. And this week, our Mike Smith sports moment of the week is about our actual co-host of this podcast, Mike Smith. He's in the Tampa area teaching a leadership class at the university of South Florida He's been taking in the local sporting scene. He went to the Trop where he watched the Rays play. He compared it to like seeing a baseball game in a hockey arena. He didn't like it. He fully supports public financing no matter the cost of the new stadium targeted for 28. And of course, he watched his beloved Eagles beat the Bucs um, at, is it Raymond James now? What What is that? It's still Raymond, Raymond James. James. It's still, it's still Raymond, Raymond James. James. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he sat there in the rain and he complained that uh, the Jumbotron is 50% blocked by, as he called it, the dumb pirate ship. So Tampa fans, send your cards and letters, not to Jason or I, but to Mike. But no surprise, he's raving about the sports bar scene at St. Pete's, at St. Pete's Beach. So there you go. It's nice to know Mike has his, has his head focused in academia. Uh, my friend, I love doing this with you. I hope we get to do it again. Although I definitely, and I know you share, miss our partner. And I also miss the worm bite, which we had just a small one this week. Um, but a lot going on and thanks for, thanks for doing this with us today. This was fun. More, more, more fun coming next week. 